morning, everybody. Everybody, everybody knows what's going on tomorrow, right? You excited about that? Yeah, the eclipse. Everybody got plans to watch it? Anybody know what the moon does when it needs a haircut? Eclipse it. Thank you, Linda. <clears throat> church has been growing lately, and uh, you know, when we, when, whenever you say, is everyone excited about the church growing? You know, everyone cheers and everything. But the truth is, there might be a few people who really aren't excited about the church growing. There are some people that like the church to be small. So I'm going to give you a top ten list to start with. Top ten ways to keep the church small. Drum roll. Number one, you begin with the phrase, begin the sermons with the phrase, you know what's wrong with you people. Number two, move, move business meetings to Sunday morning and open the floor by asking, does anyone have a beef? Number three, be, begin that long, just keep the roll going the whole time and then do the thing at the end. All right, thank you. Begin that year-long sermon series on the 40 weeks of Daniel. Place the puncture strips in the parking lot for cars going the wrong way. Place the outdoor welcome uh, greeters next to the septic tank. Replace the pictures of the former pastors with Larry, Moe, and Curly. Start arranging marriages in the singles department. Put a blank for weight on the membership information. In order to feel relevant, say dude 15 times from the pulpit each Sunday. And before the offering song, have the worship leader scream, Show me the money! All right. All right, there we go. Top ten ways to keep the church from growing. Thank you very much. Thank you for that great round of indifference. <laughs> let's, uh... Let's, uh... We are in a series we're calling Prepare, and I intentionally did that this week because this is a time of getting ready for some really exciting things that are happening, uh, and hopefully the message will be the opposite of what we just talked about today, because this message today, I'm calling it Prepare for Growth. This is a time of year when people go back to church, people go back to school, I see some of our college students back. Isn't it good to see our college students back today? Awesome. <clears throat> so the message today is prepare for growth. Uh, did they pass out the, the little handouts for the, to fill in the blanks? So the scripture I'm going to read to is from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, so they shared the word together, and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came, all over, came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, shared the money with those in need. In other words, they shared their resources. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes, as Tom talked about today, for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And all the while they were praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added 
to their fellowship those who were being saved. So the church was growing. If I had time today, I'd read to you Acts chapter 5, 1, that says, Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. If I had time, I'd tell you Acts 6, 7, so God's message continued to spread, and the number of believers greatly increased. In Acts chapter 9, 31, it says, The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, and it grew in numbers. If I had time, I'd share with you Acts eleven twenty one. The power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of those Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. And in Acts chapter six five sixteen five, it said, "So the church was strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day." But I don't have time to tell you all that. But the church grew. The church was the the the, the early church was dynamic. It was it was continuing. To grow, And I just want to say, before I get into growing, I just have to say that we can't stay here. We cannot stay where we presently are. We've reached the capacity of our seating. Now some of you are looking around saying, well, no, no, there's an empty seat next to me, and blah, blah, blah. there's more room to grow before we need to do anything about it. They used to say that churches would fill up 80% capacity, and then they would quit growing, because Americans don't want to be that crowded, and so they'll quit going to a church after it reaches 80%. But apparently Americans have gotten lazier because the the statistic has now changed to 70%. That when a church is 70% of capacity, that churches tend to uh, quit growing because people just don't want to be crowded. Now, if we were to go to Africa this morning, they'd sit in the windowsills, hang from the ceiling, sit on the floor. They They would be everywhere, and they wouldn't mind. But we're a little bit spoiled here, and uh, uh, so so we have reached capacity, and we can't stay here. If we want to stay here, we're going to have to do things differently. If if we want to stay small, um, I think we should start putting grumpy people out there to welcome you. Let's put some people in the children's ministry that hate kids. Let's put people on the praise team that can't sing. An instrumentalist that can't play. How about let's stop praying? Let's take down the flags and go offline. That way we can stay small. Maybe in another time, in another place, it would have been okay to stay small when everyone went to church and we could just say, we're just one of the small ones. But I don't know about you, but I can't be complacent while the world is burning before our eyes. These are not like other times. The threat to our world has never been greater. The divisions on our globe have never been wider. The coming of the Lord has never been nearer. And if ever we needed a a vibrant, growing churches, the world needs them now. We can't stay here. We can't argue about dumb stuff anymore. We can't worry about whether we use organs or guitars or when, uh, when people are leaving the church in droves. We can't argue about the color of the carpet. We can't nitpick over free will versus predestination. We can't argue about whether to take communion once a year, once a month, or once every hour. The world needs the church to be loving, welcoming, and answer the questions that people are asking. We can't stay here. We didn't come to Knoxville to be a chaplain for a congregation whose motto is straight is the gate and narrow is the way and few there be that find us. 
Yes, the gate is narrow entering into the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is a large place. The door is narrow, but when you get in, it's a large place. Jesus described the kingdom of God as the smallest seed that grows into the largest plant. It talks about leaven, that you start with just a little bit, and it grows and it grows. And finally, it leavens the whole lump. The world does, does not belong to Kim Jong-un of North Korea or Nicolas Maduro of Venezuela, or even the President of the United States. This is my Father's world. I love the old hymn, This is my Father's world. Oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrongs seem off so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world. The battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied, and earth and heaven won. We can't stay here. We can't stay here. Our light must shine brighter. Jesus said that you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a, uh, instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Hey, we must shine brighter than the tiki torches of the white supremacists in Charlottesville, Virginia. I don't think you heard that. We've got to shine brighter than the tiki torches of the white supremacists in Virginia. We've got to shine brighter than the lights of Hollywood, brighter than the allure of the world. We've got to be the city that's set on a hill. Our light's got to shine brighter. Our love must reach farther. Jesus said, I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We serve a Jesus who taught us, and it's already been said this morning, to love people no matter what their skin color, their past, their orientation, their country of origin. We don't have any limitations on our love. Our love needs to know no bounds. We need to love farther. I saw a feature of two African-American girls that were driving. They were driving the car that the car that in Charlottesville went tearing down the road and hit another car. They were in that car. That, they were in that other car. And uh, I saw them interviewed, and they were, they were people of faith. And they were talking about, you know, how scary it was for them. But then one of them wanted to speak, and they said, I, we weren't supposed to be there. We were just happened to be passing through. And uh, she said, I really believe that God had our car right there. Because had he not hit our car, it would have killed so many other people. I was astounded by that kind of love that she expressed. And I just want to say, in a world full of hatred, our love's got to, sh- got to go farther. Amen. We have dear friends in Illinois from our last church. Some of you saw it on Facebook that I posted that were murdered uh, this past week. Found dead in their home in a small town. Rocked the city, as you can imagine. And then even more unimaginable, it was their son, apparently, that did it, that's been arrested uh, and put in jail. Yesterday was the funeral, and so at the funeral they said it was just a very loving tribute to the couple. 
But what was amazing to me is the family was very concerned that while we're here being concerned about all the loved ones and said, don't forget the guy in jail. And they made a videotape of the funeral to send to the, to the son in jail uh, to, so, that he could see, so that he could see it. What kind of love is that? Uh, and the church members in Charleston who survived the shooting a few years ago and, uh, and they came back and they forgave the young man uh, that did the shooting. What kind of love is that? The Amish that, uh, the Amish that uh, their, their, their daughters were raped and murdered uh, by that guy uh, in Pennsylvania several years ago. The story of forgiveness, a movie was made about it, Amazing Grace, of these Amish people that went to the parents' home of the guy that did the murder and said, we just want you to know that we forgive you. What kind of love is that? The love of the church has got to spread farther in a world of hate. That's why we can't stay here. Amen? We can't stay here. And our voice must be louder. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on the mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God, Isaiah chapter 49. Paul spoke to King Agrippa about the early church. And he said, I'm sure you've heard about what's going on. It's not been done in a corner. Let me just tell you, the message of the church needs to be heard louder than all of the noise that we're hearing in the world today. I know that sin will take you farther than you want to go and it'll leave you longer than you want to stay. But people need to to hear that there is no sin too big for God to forgive. That your past does not define your future. That your best days are still ahead of you. That the truth is not your particular understanding. But Jesus Christ is the truth and the life is the way. They need to hear that love is greater than fear. That grace is greater than the law. That the power of God is greater than the power of sin. And that He breaks the power of canceled sin and sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avails for me. That good triumphs over evil. Let's shout it from the mountaintops. The voice of the church needs to be louder. Amen. We can't stay here. Our light's got to shine brighter. Our love's got to go farther. And uh, our voice must be louder. And so Robert already announced it on September 10th. We're going to add another church service. Why are we going to add another church service? Why (coughs) two services? First of all, let me just say a couple things about that. Don't buy into the myth that when we have two church services that we're creating two churches. There is a a myth of of when when you multiply that, oh, something terrible is going to happen to our church. Now we're going to suddenly have two churches instead of one. If we're really honest about it, church, you don't even know all the people that are in your one service. Am I telling the truth? The truth is we know about 10 to 15 people if we're lucky. That's why we do small groups of 12 people. Because that's where you really get close to people and all that, and all that kind of stuff. So, so uh, we're going to add another service on September 10th. Why are we going to do it? We're going to do it. We're going to do it to make room. 2 Peter 3.9 says this about Jesus. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. It's not God's will that any should perish. We need to have room for people. Amen? We've got to make room. We've got to open our doors. We've got to, we've got to make room. Another reason that we've, we're going to do two services is because people like options. 
People like to have choices. There's some of you that are up at 4 o'clock in the morning and you wish we had church at 4.30 so you could just get on with your day. But there are early morning risers that you're going to want to come to the early service so you can be done and you can beat the Baptist to lunch and uh, you can uh, be there for a uh, kickoff at noon. You know, you can go hiking or go on your boat to the lake or do all that and that's all fine. Some of you can't wait till we have a later service so you can sleep in a little bit on Saturday night. Amen. And uh, so people like to have options. And so uh, two is actually going to be a better thing for us than one because you're going to have an option uh, as to when to come to church. And just in case we didn't clarify it, we're going to have church at 9 o'clock and we're going to have church at 1045. So you late sleepers get a 45-minute extra and you early risers get to come an hour early. So we're going to have different options for you. Um. The third reason is good stewardship. We can double our capacity in the church without having to spend any more money. Jesus said that before a man um, builds a tower, he needs to count the cost. Doesn't it make a lot of sense to you that instead of trying to uh, spend uh, however many thousands of dollars, that we could double our capacity without spending another dollar? Churches are sometimes the most unused buildings in the community. We build these buildings and meet in them for one hour a week, and and good stewardship says we need to use these facilities. Amen. That's good preaching. I'm going to write that down. Good stewardship. So what do I want each and every one of us to do? Number one, I want you to invite. We're making room so that you can bring your friends, that you can bring your family, you can bring your loved ones. I want you to invite. Many of you are leery right now about inviting people because they're going to feel crowded. You, you think you're going to walk in the door and you're going to have to, you know, the ushers are going to have to seat you down on the front row or something, you know, because you've got to come early now to get a back seat. That's a joke, guys, all right? Um, so invite your friends. It, you know, we're going to be putting things on, uh, on uh, social media. Uh, Instagram and Facebook about our two services. Let me just encourage you guys, you uh, people, you you people. Uh, If you see it on Facebook, share it. Share it to your, share it to your, uh, to to your post. Even when you come to church, here's a great social media thing to do, guys. If you're Facebookers, check in on Facebook. Take a picture of the service. You say, well, that, what's the purpose of that? You know that every time you check in, that all of your friends see that and their friends see that. You're letting them know you're creating exposure. For Life Church, I saw a great illustration of that this week. On our website, we get about a hundred between a hundred and two hundred views a week of our of our website uh, page. We've got we've got these uh, uh, statistics that show us how many people have looked at our at our website during the week. Well, this week I I posted this thing about my friend who had died, and I wrote a blog about it. And the blog was from our church website. And so I just posted it to deal with my grief, and, and I posted it. And I mean, it wasn't like a few hours, and there were like 30 shares. 30 people had shared that, that thing, and then a couple hours later, 40 people had shared it, and then 50 people had shared it, and then 60 people had shared it. We went from 100 and some views last week to over 5,000 views. 5,000 views. It went from 100 to 5,000 views. And, and the reason that it happened is because people shared it. 
So when you see God do good things, you know, when we're posting pictures of baptisms or whatever, share that. Just share that you're in church on Sunday morning. All of that, all of that uh, drives people to our church uh, uh, Facebook page. It drives them to our website and, and lets them. And, and so what we noticed this week is not only did they read the blog, but we can tell what pages they were looking at. Some of them were looking at sermons. Some of them were looking at who's the, who is uh, some of our staff people. They were looking at various things throughout the website, and we were able to track that this week. So I encourage you uh, to invite people, invite people. Uh, I, I, the, the invitations went so crazy, I finally got a call from ABC News this week. ABC wanted to do an interview with me, a phone interview. So I did a phone interview about the whole thing that happened. And then, so on, I was on TV this week, and they, and they put my blog on TV. And then a bunch more people shared it, and they were sharing it from ABC. It was just, it wasn't even something I tried to do. But what I'm saying is that as we invite people, as we make our presence known on social media, if you share those things, let people know the good things that God is doing, that's going to uh, help us to grow. The next thing I'm going to ask you is very, very critical. Probably, probably the most important thing that I'm going to say because this is going to make us or break us. I'm really going to challenge as many of you as would to do this thing. I told you about having options when you come to church. I hope that there's a whole bunch of you that will not give yourself options and you'll say this, I'm going to worship in one and I'm going to serve in the other. I'm going to worship in one service because one of the reasons that sometimes we struggle to get volunteers is because people say, oh man, if I'm in kids ministry, then I can't go to church and I really like to be a part of what's happening over in the, on the adult side. What if I could be a part of children's ministry and then in the next service I could come to church? Wouldn't that be great? Hey, ask not what your church can do for you. Amen. But ask what you can do. Ask how you can serve uh, in your church. First Peter 4.10 said, God has given each of you a gift from a great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. God did not save you so you could sit. God saved you so you could serve. Let me say that again. God didn't save us so that we could just sit and come here and be pew potatoes here with Rob and just sit here on my my chair. And nobody better sit in my seat because he pays good money for that seat. He gives a dollar in the offering every week. That's his chair. I'm teasing. He gives two dollars. No. <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, we can't look at it from a consumer point of view. We've got to say, hey, I'm a part of this thing. In fact, the most important thing I could say is your team leader is going to be coming to you. And they're going to be saying, hey, we've got to really, really think how we're going to do this in the children's ministry and in the hospitality and all of that. And when they come to you, say, yes, I heard the message Sign me up. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to worship one, and I'm going to serve in the other. Amen. I knew that would excite you. But just get pumped up about, about serving and say, 
And you know what? Can I just say that I, how many of you grew up in a church where you had Sunday school and then you had church? You went to both. You went to Sunday school and you know what? I had the same teacher. Had the same teacher all year long. And, all, and I thought that was good because we got to know the teacher, especially if they like kids and love Jesus. That really helps. But, uh, but, but if they do, it was wonderful to have that same teacher and then we would go to church. I just think we need to, we need to um, gear up our, um, our, our intensity level of commitment. Do you know that the difference between good and excellent is just a little bit more? I'm not asking for a whole lot more. I'm just asking for a little bit more. The difference between good, turn, turn to your neighbor and tell them the difference between good and excellent is a little, just say a little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more. That's all we need. We just need a little bit more. Not a whole lot more. Not a whole lot more. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. If we just do a little bit more, it'll make all the difference in the world. The third thing I'm going to ask you is to be positive. Be careful about how you talk about things. Things aren't going to be the way they used to be. It's really important. Um, those of us in sales know this. We call it, we talk, we, we talk about a checkup from the neck up. That's the first thing that I got to do every day is a checkup from the neck up because I'm not going to sell anything if my head's not in the game. I'm not going to do anything for Jesus if my head's not in the game. Amen encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. My Facebook post today is, it's going to be a great day. That's what I said today. Well, how do you know it's going to be a great day? Because no matter what kind of day it is, it's going to be a great day. You know what I'm saying? I'm calling it before it happens. I'm pointing at the flagpole and saying, this one's going out of the park, all right? You got to call it before it happens, amen. And so just be positive. Just talk about it. Just talk. Oh, just let the buzz start around. Isn't that exciting? What's going to happen? What's going to happen on the second Sunday of September? I can't believe. Oh, I just, I just think this place is going to fill fast. I think, you know, we better get early and come here and get a good seat. All that. You know, we've got to start that kind of buzz going. And then the last thing I want you to do is pray. Isaiah chapter 54, 2 and 3. Here's a great prayer. Enlarge your house. Build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense, for you soon will be bursting at the seams. I love that. God is, that that, that comes from a prophecy where God is saying, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Uh, I think the King James said, move your tent pegs out. Move those tent pegs out, enlarge it. Get ready, get ready for company, because soon you're going to be bursting at the seams. I hope that, that everything that's going on in our country right now, I don't know if you're a Fox News guy, a CNN guy, an MSNBC guy, but I hope that you're a Jesus guy and a Jesus gal. Because let me just tell you, this is where the real news is coming from. Amen. Amen. If ever we needed the news to come not from alternate sources, but from the kingdom of God, it's now. I don't need a political party to tell me to love people. Jesus told me to love people. Amen. Amen. And we need to be that kind of church. We need to let our light shine brighter. We need to let our love go farther. We need to let our voice be louder.
you, you know, they're going to be hearing it in Neyland Stadium. Wouldn't it be nice if they start hearing it on Cedar Lane? What's happening on Cedar Lane? I don't know what's going on on Cedar Lane, but if you notice, there's cars going in and out of there all the time. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. But that light shining brighter, that love is reaching farther, and that voice is getting louder. Amen. I don't know about you, and I'm going to ask the, uh, Emily to come if you would. If you want to become a part of that kind of family, a kind of family that's not about playing a church game, not about arguing about stupid stuff that doesn't matter, but that's inviting people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. And I'm going to invite us to become, maybe you've never become a part of the family of God. We, we don't want you to just be a, a visitor in the house. We want you to be a part of the family. He wants to call you sons and daughters, and we want to call you brothers and sisters. And the way that you become a part of the family is you simply accept the Father's invitation who, has, who says, come for all things are now ready. In fact, Jesus told us to go out into the highways and byways. One, one version says the highways and hedges and compel people to come in. I, I, I get a little different twist on invite and compel. I'm not just inviting you. I'm not just saying, hey, if you get a chance, just check it out. Check, check us out. Check us out. No, no, you got to come with me to this church. Oh, my goodness. You got to come with me. You won't believe what God's doing in this place. You know what? I, I, that's, that's, that's compelling people. We can't make them, but we can compel them. And the reason he said compel people to come in, and I love the next phrase, is that my house may be full. Why does God want his house to be full? Because every time that we come to this house, it's a celebration of his son, Jesus Christ. And we're honoring Jesus, and he wants this whole place to be filled, honoring Jesus every Sunday. So I'm going to invite us to bow our heads and close our eyes. And Maybe there's some people here today you've never been baptized, you've never, you've never just accepted God's invitation to be a part of his family and today's the day you want to do that if you're here today and you just want to say pastor I accept that invitation today I'm not going to put you on the spot not going to make you come up front not going to do all that but with every head bowed and every eye closed if you'd raise your hand today and say I want to be a part of God's family would you do that today thank God thank God amen thank you for that Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for those that have lifted their hands today and say, yes, I want to be a part of your family. And I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. And I accept your invitation. And I believe, Lord, that you died for me on the cross. And I give you my heart today. And I give you my future. And and with joy, I become a part of this family. We thank you for it today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen.
Can we just clap for those today that just made that decision? Yes! Yes. Maybe uh, after last week's baptism, I already have heard from one more that wants to be baptized. Maybe there's others of you in your worship guide. There's a place where you can mark on that card that you want to be baptized. We'll get a hold of you. And uh, we're going to set that up. By the way, with this little baby boom going on, I want to have a Sunday where we dedicate babies. Some of you don't know what that is, but... And I'm thinking, and you, some of you mothers, I'm thinking the last Sunday before we go to two services, so it would be the first Sunday of September, if you want to dedicate your baby, and all that means is we just invite all these parents up here with your babies, and we pray over them, and we anoint them with oil, and we just ask God uh, to bless them, and then we are praying for them until the time when they, on their own decision, uh, can follow uh, Christ. But we are saying that we as parents and that we as the church are going to do everything in our power to raise them in what the scripture calls the fear and the admonition of the Lord, that we're going to raise them in the house of the Lord to know the Lord. Now, we can't make them know the Lord, but we're going to, rate, we're going to get them to the point where they can make their own choice. So if you've never had your baby dedicated, maybe there's some of you have children older and never had your older children dedicated, we would do that as well. But we'll do that on the first Sunday of September. Um, I'm going to ask the ushers to come. We're going to receive the morning tithe and offering. And uh, on that card, if you have a prayer request, every week during these prayer meetings, we're putting all of these prayer requests up here on the altar. And while we're praying, people are coming by and we're praying over each of those individual requests. And um, we're just believing God to do miracles. Let me believe God still does miracles. Amen. Have I told you lately that I love you? You're beautiful to me. And I love this church. And I love, I love what God's doing. And I love our future together. This week we were at, um, we were at Johnson University. And we, had, we were part of a church fair. And we had a table set up. And we gave away a pyramid of junk food. Uh, we actually gave away three. And that was so fun. But we got lots of names and numbers and email addresses of college kids that we're going to be inviting and let's pray for UT students to come and um, I'm just getting ready for God to do God can do, you know, we've been working at this for five years, how many know that God can do more in one moment than we can do in five years, I mean he can just turn things around, I mean I just want you to open your mind for God to blow your mind for God to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think so that we show up one Sunday. And I was kind of this way last week. I was like, am I in the right building? Where did all these people come from? God can do that in one moment. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now for your people and we bless them, Lord, as they give to your kingdom. And as we prepare, as we prepare, last week we talked about consecrating ourselves, but now, Lord, we're preparing for growth, that we're going to worship one and one and serve in one. I'm going to step up my serve game, Lord. We're going to invite our friends, Lord. We're going to pray and we're going to be positive about it. And we just ask, Lord, that you would do more than we can imagine or think because, Lord, we believe in a world that seems in a way like it's going to hell in a handbasket right now. 
your light shines brighter, that your love goes farther, that your voice needs to be heard louder above all of the din of the other voices that we're hearing today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, 